I can't wait any longer. I'm not ready for this. A computer scientist, scientist, scientist <laughs> slash novelist reunites with his childhood friend, hacks into government databases, and faces the dire and fateful consequences of the mystical abilities he obtained as a child. Ladies and gentlemen, only once in a while is a show so privileged to experience something <laughs> that defines a generation. Tonight is not one of those nights. No, we not at all. Welcome to Podzilla1985 in the year 2024. The first episode of 2024. The theater is open once again. And I, Shannon Young, creator of Podzilla1985 and your host for tonight, want to welcome you to the lowest rated show we'll ever have. This <laughs> No, there's no way that's true. This is Extras and Epilogues, and tonight we are reviewing Fateful Findings by the great Neil Breen. Let me introduce the cast for the show tonight. Of course, I have my, and a better actor than anyone in the film, uh, my co-host Hunter Hendricks, and that's not even saying a lot. The bar was very low. Really yeah. not. I was gonna say I have as many acting credits as him, but that's not entirely true. No, that uh, is not because he funds true. His own, he funds his own shit. So. Yes. Yeah. Hunter and I are used to dealing with the dreck of society, but our special <laughs> guest tonight didn't deserve what happened to him. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first show in 2024, we knew we had to call in the A Squad. So please welcome to the show, Mr. Cody Sandusky. I'll never forgive you for this. <laughs> I'll, I'll never. I'll, that was a, I couldn't remember if that was a line from the movie that he was no, doing. No, he's or just telling me. No, I'm just <laughs> telling you both. I will never forgive either of you for dragging how, me into this quagmire. How could you do this? How could you? How could never you forgive us? Oh my um, god! For the record, I am drinking because I didn't get to drink during the movie. I'm at least going to drink during the review. So you should. <laughs> Oh, let me, let me just say quickly, <sighs> Emily, because she's been home from work for the last couple weeks, was like sitting, not in the room. She wasn't willing to be in the room when I asked her to come and see the movie. Yeah, yeah, she's, she wasn't willing to do that, but she sat on the stairwell in our uh, like upstairs where we record and talked to me through it. And even though I was missing key points, key that points. was the most riveting component of this entire endeavor. Yeah. All right. So... <laughs> Oh, where do you start with this one? First off, we'll get to the stats here in a second. I just want to say this. I have watched, at, at this point now, this would be the third or fourth Neil Breen film that I've watched. And it wasn't until this movie that this idea I had of Neil Breen being this hilarious, you gotta watch this car wreck, the concept of that came to a crashing end like a car wreck. And I, I realized the folly of my ways. <laughs> I'd, I'd already seen, um, well, which ones have I seen? I had already seen Pass Through. I had seen Double Down. And I had seen 
Um, well, now, wait a minute. Twisted if pair. you've seen Double Down, you've seen Fateful Findings, <laughs> because as one of our trivia points notes, <laughs> although it is not acknowledged, this is an, a remake of Double Down from 2005, his first feature film. It's Breen playing a super hacker tackling national and international corruption while pining for lost love. You saw this <laughs> movie already. <laughs> this is the... <clears throat> this, uh-huh, this I'll get is, through it. This is the best... <laughs> This is the best Neil Breen film of all the ones I've seen so far. And when you hear that what I'm going to not be true, when you hear what that I'm going to say about the film, it's going to make you wonder how that is ever possible. Like how that's physically possible. I don't yes. think I, I Hunter and I talked about this at the group chat. We went away from the group chat. Actually, we went into our own private little chat to talk about the film because you yes. hadn't seen it yet, Cody, and we didn't want to influence you. We didn't want to to, right. to, to mess with your head was, before you saw the I film. I finished it this morning, and it was sometime after that was yeah. the case. Yeah. Okay. Like around but, lunch. But in, in talking about it, you know, we kind of went over the, the big hits, and we'll talk about that here on the show, too. But we both, you know, we agreed on this, this fact that, like, and this is probably going to spoil the review, but I'm going to say it up front. This film viewed in a company setting where you have people there with you and you're all inebriated or whatever. It's like YMS, your movie sucks, said watching it with with drunk friends could be entertaining. And when you watch yeah. this film in parts, when you see the quote unquote hits, you know, the no, that is not true. The gym. How could you do that? And stuff like that. It is entertaining. It's very funny. But and and Hunter said, I don't know why I watched this film when I, the YMS covered it all. And I said, no, no, that's the distinction. I think that's the important thing because experiencing the movie as a whole for a hundred and what forty minutes without a break, uh, hundred minutes, a hundred minutes. Oh, don't yeah, you put minutes. more sorry, of that sorry, on sorry, me? Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> don't you do that? <laughs> hour, it's, hour and uh, it, here. It's an hour and forty minutes. And yeah. Here's the nicest thing we can say about it up front. It's very close to the sweet spot. It is it close to the be. sweet spot. Yeah, it should be. Right. However, the movie is mm-hmm. actually seven and a half hours long. You age that's differently. That's how long it feels like you're watching. I'm yeah. still there. Yeah. I don't, you, you guys are a figment of my imagination. You're the black trash bag room. I'm see, still there that's now. The, that's the thing. His replacement <laughs> wife didn't watch the film. She aged normally. He watched the right. film. He aged extra. Um, seeing this film in parts is entertaining. It is very funny. And it is, that is the best part of the film is watching other people talk about the film, watching the film yourself for the whole hour and 40 minutes is one of the most draining, miserable experiences you will have in cinema. This can, this can barely be called a film With, with that said. I do respect the fact that Neil Breen made a film. He financed it himself. He wrote it himself. He put all the work in. He did. And that is commendable. But objectively, as a film, this fails in every aspect of a film. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. Let's give you the stats. Released on December 8th, 2012 or 2042. This may be from the future. No one knows with this film. So again, Double, Double Down comes out in 2005. This movie comes out in 2012, so seven years after he made his his movie, he remade his own movie. Yeah, with a, with better budget, with better experience. No one Maybe. knows. Maybe no one That's knows. Usually the point. Normally, in a horror movie, horror movies especially bad about this. If I see a horror movie that is written, directed, and starring the same guy, I almost immediately write it off as a vanity project or right. something that I'm not going to enjoy as much. Well, right. listen to yeah. this: written, directed, produced, edited, composed, and starring. Neil Breen, who, despite the fact that I am going to torch him, like, in ways that should be illegal sexually, (laughs) despite that, I will say, I do like Neil Breen. 
even though this movie is terrible, he has a weird charm about the film that made me not hate it. Even though I didn't like it, I didn't hate it. And I think a lot of that is because of Neil Breen. Now, whether or not that is because of this like reputation, this vibe that you get from Neil Breen because of all the other people talking about it or him himself, I don't know. I can't tell you. We'll get to Hunter and Cody later because they have never gone down the Neil Breen rabbit hole like I have. So they'll give a fresh, fresh set of eyes on it. Uh, starring Neil Breen, Jennifer Autry, Clara Landrat, who Land Landrat. Wow. And he's just not playing with you there, bud. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, Danielle Andrade, who looks directly at the fucking camera at one part of the film. One is also the youngest person in the cast and should not be there at all. I felt like she was in danger the entire time. So for the record, Um, uh, she's one of the women that falls in love and wants to have sex with them because, of course, she does. She was 18 during the filming of this movie. All three of these people are. She was 18 during the film of this movie. He was 52. Cool. Oh, cool. That's all I'll say. God. Cool. <clears throat> Hundred um, minute runtime. Before we get before we get away from it, Jennifer Autry is the one who plays Leah, his like replacement wife. friend. Yeah. Yeah. Who is also <laughs> much much younger than him as well. I noted down there that he's yeah. thirty two years older than her. Uh, mm-hmm. Not clear at all why he cast this person to be his childhood best friend. <laughs> I think um, it's clear why. Let's be honest. Well, well you know, we talked. It, we did talk about this too. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk more about it later. Okay. But, uh, I before before we get into it because I'm trying to, to do the nice parts. She is the best actor in the whole thing. One hundred percent. She she looks like she has some legitimate talent that just needs to be cultivated well, and, and put into a proper actual fucking film with a real director. Which is crazy. Um, do you know what she does now? She um uh-huh. she's like I think she's like a motivational speaker in business. She's like really? uh, something like that. Yeah, I looked her up because I was curious what these actors had done after the fact. So Danielle Adrade has actually done other acting. Uh, from from all accounts, she's gotten better and kind of had yeah. a career. Uh, Jennifer Autry is like a, a businesswoman. She's like a big time business person, which was very very cool. Really, Clara yeah. Landrat. I'm assuming actually did commit suicide on the set of, <laughs> of the, on the set of Fateful Findings. Like that wasn't an act. She killed herself to get out of the film. And I can't say and they, just, I, they just kept it rolling. They just kept it rolling. Nope. That's the best fucking acting that he's ever gotten in his films. Um, <laughs> budget versus box office. Impossible to know as Hunter noted. I would assume somewhere in the realm of negative $7 million. I don't well, know. So when your movie sucks covered this, uh, several years ago when it was like kind of first coming around. Yeah. If you remember from the beginning of that video, if you've seen it, and if you haven't, those guys did a great uh, run. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The only way to buy the movie at the time was on DVD, (laughs) which you had to order from Neil Breen's website, but you could only order Double Down. You had to write in the comments. You had to write in the names of the other films you wanted. Which films you wanted. So. I just I come the fuck on, man. As, I mean, yeah. Apparently it showed it showed at a film festival and it did get some kind of a release in theaters, but there are literally no numbers I could find on it. So part of part of that was the uh we keep quoting the the President Washington sketch, you know. Yeah. Uh spell it impossible. <laughs> impossible. impossible. Nobody knows. Um uh, but but also part of it was legitimately I could not find numbers. I have no idea if or or what this thing ever made in in any kind of theater. So, so personal story. Uh, it was it was twenty twenty. It was twenty nineteen, 
and I had started to go down the Neil Breen rabbit hole. I, I think I found out about Neil Breen probably in about 2018, and I have followed him ever since. Him and Derek Savage both. And uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> so my ex girlfriend Allie, she knew that I had fallen down this hole, and for Christmas. I'll never forget. She gives me a gift and it's a jewel case. I am immediately terrified that she has bought me a Neil Breen film because that's how he sends them. And I looked at her and I was like, please tell me you didn't actually buy a Neil Breen film. The joke can only go so far. It turns out it was a poppy CD. Thank God. But I was scared for a moment that she had bought me Neil Breen and I didn't know what I didn't know how to process that. Neil um, Breen, tell me you didn't pay money for this. Tell me you didn't pay money for Neil Breen. <laughs> so here's the critical reception. Alan Jones of the Dissolve, and you can tell they got some real big uh, film reviewers here. Alan Jones yeah. of the Dissolve wrote that the film, quote, could only have been made by Breen as his incompetence makes what could have been boring instead fascinating. To an extent, Peter K, last name withheld, I'm assuming out of shame for watching the film, of yes. Twitch Film wrote, yes. Quote, it's not just for enjoying hilarious incompetence. More purely, it is for the act of watching eccentric choices made by even more eccentric people. I said when Hunter and I were talking that this movie, it feels like an AI that is clearly out of code, that is out of production. And they told it, act like a human being, watch all of these movies, and then write a movie based on that. And what we got was Faithful Finders. Let me just get break real quick. Let me... Because unlike most films we cover here on uh, PZ85 on Extras and Epilogues, a lot of people I'm out there are sure are probably going, what the fuck is Faithful Findings? Who the fuck is Neil Breen? A br- brief history lesson. Um, as we said earlier, Neil Breen's put out a couple films. From what I understand, he is a real estate developer from Vegas, and he has a passion for films. So he funds his own films. He stars in them. He writes them. He does the whole shebang bang which is commendable. Again, don't take that away from him. The All of his movies are terrible. This one yeah. is the most popular one because, again, it was caught on by Red Letter Media. It was caught on by YMS. A lot of people have taken their shots at it. We waited this long because this is the first time I could talk my friends into watching it. I uh, regret that. Well, so, so, so to that, we I, I should have mentioned, we've been off since December, and we've had three themed months in a row for not just PZ85, but for this show specifically. In October, we did our Halloween movies. In November, we did uh, Nostalgic November, so we did you know mm-hmm. classic stuff from our childhoods. Yeah. Uh, and then in December, we had a, a double feature of Christmas movies, and of course, it had been a good year yeah, yeah. Uh, in our, our Michael Bean films. Not that we're going to do theme months every month, but I thought, well, why not? Mm-hmm. It's January. It's a new year, new year, new views, stuff that we haven't seen before, or at least uh, one person on the cast has not seen. Now, I was under the impression that you had seen this movie before we started talking about this. No, this is one of the few that I had not seen yet. And so the idea was <clears throat> not just movies that we haven't seen in general, but stuff that we haven't seen that somehow we haven't seen. And and right. while Neil Breen definitely well, I know why you haven't seen this one. in general, yeah. right? <laughs> this is one of those things that we've been talking about him and joking about him for so long. It was like, why haven't we watched one of these fucking movies? Yeah. I should mention that after this is a little preview. Uh, it's <clears throat> it's going to get better. Okay. We're going to do some classic movies we haven't seen. Um, but we thought, you know, why the hell not? Why not start January and 2024 uh, and and PC eighty five and twenty twenty four in general, our ninth fucking anniversary. Yeah. with some Neil Breen. I, uh, with with Neil Breen being such a long running joke, because we we quote Neil Breen all the time. Know that yeah, is not true. I am here now. 
like we yes. have we have worked Neil Breen into our lives, but these guys have never watched a Neil Breen film. Again, I had watched Pass Through before. I had watched Twisted Pair. Um, I knew what I was in for, but I had always heard this was the best one of his films. So I thought, okay, we just watched Gremlins two at Hunter's house for for Christmas. Everybody had a great time. Yeah. Everybody was laughing, whether they liked the movie or they were like you said, Hunter, laughing at the movie. Everybody was still having a good time. Um, yes, this was not that. I went into this thinking that this was going to be that we would be laughing, and Lindsay and I watched it together, and we did laugh at parts. And, but and importantly, we didn't all watch but, it together. You no. watched it, Lindsay. I wa- I watched it separately. Sarah, much like uh, Cody's wife Emily, was like, "Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing that." Good. She call. will watch a lot of shit with me. This was one of those where I explained it to her, and she went, "Yeah, I don't have the mental faculty for that. That's not good." Happening. Call. You're on your own. Good. Yes, call. She was right to do so. So look up Neil Brain. Look up his history. He is a fascinating person. He's an interesting person, and he does have a charm. With that said, here's what the plot of the film is. From what I've cobbled together (laughs) of about six six actual minutes of the movie are dedicated to the plot, and then it's 134 minutes of Neil Breen in the most awkward positions, in the most awkward conversations. He's the weirdest kisser I've ever seen. Oh, my Um, God. Oh, God. I have, Cody, I have 12 pages of notes for this film. Oh, I know. You told me like 10 minutes in you had five pages. (sighs) So the plot of this film is Neil Breen plays a writer named Dylan who as a child apparently falls in love with this girl at eight years old. I didn't know that was possible. True love, but whatever. They're ripped apart from each other. He ages 50 years. She ages 20 years and he becomes a, they find a a mushroom in the forest, which turns into a treasure box. And you know that because he says it's a treasure. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> with the slow dissolve of special <laughs> effects. Dissolve. Also, I'm sorry. I know this is going to keep happening on this show. Oh, yeah. I'm going to want to talk about individual scenes. Neither child is disturbed by the fact that he points at a large mushroom for what has to have been six hours, but it was in reality about 15 <laughs> seconds. And it dissolves into, uh, it literally magically transforms into like a little jewel box. Yeah. And he just goes, It's a treasure. It's a treasure. What? And she it's runs a magical day. Mushrooms? Is that why you're not? And again, that's the answer is it's a magical day. Everything's a magical day. She writes it's a magical day in her diary. Right. You um, know what? For the first time, we're going to go to this movie beat by beat. Let me pull my notes up. Say, I think we have to. Yeah. yeah. I think you we can't have not. To, man. Yeah. So oh, you, you you glossed over the fact that the the skull watches them as they walk yes. by the cow skull, yeah. which is, of course, a prop he has used in a bunch of other movies. I'm yes. told. Including Double Down. Um, Including yep. double down in the exact same fashion. Yep. Okay. So I, I just, I'm going to yeah, go start at the top. I'm going to go yep. by my notes and we'll just take it piece by piece. So the kids do that. I have the note. She, uh, he says, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. What are you not afraid of? There's no context for I'm not afraid. He just says, he just blurts out. I'm not afraid. She, no, 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 no. She does say that when they take it's you must have missed it so they they open the treasure box and they get that black stone out that follows him for the rest of the movie like that he has all the time and apparently gives him his powers it transports into his trash says, yeah. yes yes she says you have to put something back in or it's bad luck now that's an equally confounding line because i'm sorry how the, how the fuck, fuck do you fuck know that you even know what's going on right which and so like- he says to her, I'm not afraid. That's why he doesn't put anything in. She takes the little stones that she makes a bracelet out of, which, by the way, apparently do fuck all. Um, he got the cool, like, teleportation psychic power stone. Right. She got a bracelet that oh, she that's had to not make true. herself. She aged better. 
<laughs> Maybe I, I think that we're was putting, we're putting too much thought into too it. Too much we're thought into it. Too much credit. Um, anyway, she drops rocks into it and then they rebury it. Yes. So she writes down in her little book, "It's a magical day." That's important later. Remember that. <laughs> then the the kids are ripped apart from each other as she moves away and. Also, also, no scene transition. No scene. No, in any of like, it. In any of oh, it. Oh my god! Right. Like a dissolve or something. Not a single thing. Smash cut to her parents are throwing her and one suitcase each into a yeah. car, which, which is because they're going to miss a plane. Their entire yeah. entire life's away. Which, which, by the way, is a modern car. Uh huh. It was a oh, modern yeah. car in a flashback <laughs> scene of like 20, 30 years ago. That's one of my favorite parts. Um, or fifty. Or fifty. Yeah, I uh, just because this has come up, let me just pause this moment for a personal anecdote for the side. I did communications mm-hmm. as a background, so my first semester of freshman year at MoBab, I had an introduction to communications broadcasting. We had to make a music video, guys. The rubric said we had to have at least like five different transitions. Your boy misinterpreted that and used five different types of transitions. <laughs> Barely got out of that, that project with a B, with the empathy of my professor. As an 18-year-old starting college with a mini DV tape, I knew to use dissolves and shit, guys. <laughs> Not Neil Breen. He's an artist. Not Neil Breen. He's an artist. So you just have to figure it out. Smash cuts, baby. The whole have, time. You have the two kids of in their modern car waving goodbye to each other and like they said a lot of the jokes in this are going to be recycled from yms because they're just true um yeah two kids that have never waved before waving at each other <laughs> in the most awkward way <laughs> then it smash the cuts straight up looks like she's uh, saluting hitler oh like, yeah just... yeah and then <laughs> it just immediately goes to neil breen walking out of a uh building which are uh, to assume that that's him older but there's no there's no 30 years later there's no 20 no. years later it just also it's him. he's married to a totally different woman who we get no reference for. No, nope. <clears throat> no none context. whatsoever. She's just there now. And not only is she there, but one of my favorite things you'll notice, she's talking to him on the phone like they're having a conversation. He never says a yes. word. It just cuts yep. to him smiling, yep. and it cuts back to her talking. They're holding the phone. Every conversation in this is like each person takes their turn talking, but no one ever actually has a conversation. The acting is that bad. Um, yes, I'm not convinced they were ever in the same room together unless you see them physically in the same shot. And oh even God. then. Hunter, you stole one of my notes because it absolutely says, I feel yes. like everyone recorded their parts separately and they mashed yes. it together for the movie. Um, <laughs> no one's on the street as Neil Breen walks across and then suddenly no. a bunch of feet are there. And Neil, uh-huh. Neil Breen gets hit by a car, which is actually one of the best effects in the film. Him getting hit yeah. by the car looked pretty good. Yeah, actually, it's not okay. bad. Let's, yeah. let's address what happens. It's literally just the image of him crouching in front of the car being pushed. <laughs> like it's not like you only see him physically thrown back. It's just the still of him against the bumper, just Cody. moving. Cody, we're going to ram the rest of this movie up his butt over the course of this. We got to at least give him a little bit of a, we got to lube something. I I appreciate it because that's not an effect. I learned my first year using Adobe Premiere Final Cut. I credit him for that. That is the peak of editing for this entire film. I I love the fact that the cover, the front of the car is then covered in blood. Like it was, they fucking wrung a cow out on it. And (laughs) All of a sudden, all these people are there, and they all take turns talking and saying things like, is he okay? Saying the same thing twice. Each one of them will go, is he all right? Is he all right? And then someone goes, 
Someone call 911. Someone call 911. It's the same line twice every time. Why? And they also really made a effort to show the woman that was in the car with her sexy long legs and the mini dress never comes up again. Nope. No point. No point to it. Nope. Um, Un- th- unless the appeal is supposed to be that it's Leah mm-hmm. herself. Which is never addressed. And, that's why yeah. she, and that's why she checks on him in the hospital. Right. But again, never addressed. No. Never yeah. made clear. And uh, my next note was the acting. God, the acting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> acting is carrying a heavy load in that sense. I would like to also point out one of my favorite oh. parts of this whole movie is the fact that, like you said, he's walking across. There are no feet. There's no traffic light anywhere in the scene. Nothing. Then feet appear. Yeah. It's not even a crosswalk he's at. It's like no. a split no. road yeah. with a fire lane on the other side. Yeah. I love the yeah. guy that says, I'm a witness. <laughs> Everyone is standing next to the car covered in blood with him on the ground. I don't think you're needed here, partner. I think everybody's also, a fucking witness. Stop. She didn't leave. It's not like there was like a hit and run. She's still there. You're a witness to tell that person what happened. I don't yeah. understand. As she tries to reach for this mysterious blood-covered phone or rock on the oh ground. My God. <laughs> and so uh. they go to the hospital, which is clearly someone's house. Clearly, yes. Neil's house. Neil's house. It's, it's, it's Neil's house. It's the same shades you're gonna yeah. see in every other shot inside a house. One of my yep. favorite lines. I wrote the line down. His wife is talking to the doctor, and she blurts out, "He was on the phone when he was hit." And my reply to that is, "And bitch, what does that have to do with anything? How does that alter a single thing?" Oh. Shannon, it alters, it alters the situation the same way the three oxygen tanks behind the bed <laughs> alter the situation. Well, the three oxygen tanks, by the way, that are hooked up to his face bandages and aren't actually in his nose or anything. Because the mask is over his bandages. <laughs> it had to filter it out, the, Hunter. The medical, the, the, the medical acting in this movie, those two things. And then when Leah comes in and checks his pulse, even though the sound, the audio clearly dictates he's on a heart monitor. What are you checking for? <laughs> she she also, has a stethoscope she around also, her neck. She also says out loud, I'm not his doctor, but I'll, you know, let me know how it goes. Well, let why, me know are how he's doing. why are you there? Well, of course, we find out why she's there, but there's still no explanation as to why she comes in and does any of that. Again, we're making more of a movie in terms of a good script than he is, because if she's the one who hits him, yeah. then she's the one who goes and checks she on him. She feels responsible. Continuity. Right. Right. Never happens, um, as far as we know. My next note says that fucking background music. Through the whole movie, the background oh music God. is torturous. He got his money's worth on mm. that royalty-free <laughs> symphony that plays throughout the whole movie. Let it be known, the credits say that Neil Breen made the music, so if we're following the Neil Breen cinematic <laughs> universe, well, he, he made all these bad sound effects. He made the, he made the purchase. He made the purchase, and technically that's accurate. Um <laughs> So Neil Breen gets, he wakes up, he's got his magic fucking rock in his hand. He takes the, he takes the, 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 the mass off that does nothing. He takes the nose thing out. He pulls the needles out that don't exist. He basically just unhooks himself and then walks out. We of course then get Neil's ass because why not? Also, nobody else in this hospital. No No, one. No one else. No one. Because importantly, if he walked any further, you would see it was his house and not a hospital. Yeah. Yeah. No one noticed he left. 
There's a part yeah, where Leah no. later calls and says, your patient's gone. Did you release him? So no one in the hospital watched this man who apparently some point between when he got out of the bed and got home was pouring buckets of blood. Just all over the everywhere. place. Everywhere. Where is all the blood coming from? There was no blood there was on, no his wound on his face. Yeah. Right. Then there's like all this blood in the shower on his legs. He's then it's all it. over the the like wounded bandage. I don't understand. Well, that's the other thing. He removes the bandages before he leaves the hospital, and then they're back on when he's in the place. And bloody. And bloody. <laughs> and covered bloody. in blood. Which his wife wear between when he left the hospital and when he got home, he found more bandages and wrapped his head up the exact same way. They There's a part in there that I didn't write down the exact uh, dialogue, but he goes on this big rant about how he wanted to like do great things, but instead he turned out to be a writer. He talks about writing as if it's like a shameful yeah. thing. Yeah. Like yep. he's I also put, supposedly a successful novelist. Like yeah. he has sold a book. It sold really well. It made more money for this publishing company than anything ever. Ever. Like, how is he not? <laughs> how is he not well known? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. So well, oh he God. walks straight out of the hospital, pouring blood behind him like a fucking trail. Right. Um. We then meet. Uh, he does the the love scene in the shower, which again is the most uncomfortable thing. Uh, Neil Green God. being sexual in any way is the most disturbing. It's unsettling. No, no, you want to talk about AI. You want to talk about AI. That's the AI. I am not convinced that Neil Breen has had the touch of an actual human. <laughs> he does not know how to like graze someone's hair back. He doesn't know how to hold hands. His kissing is awful. Like no part of me is convinced that this man has actually interacted with another person in 30 years. <laughs> we are then introduced to Jim and Amy, his next door neighbors. Um, and one of the things I have here is it says, why, what does Neil Breen have against women wearing bras? not a single woman in this movie gets to wear a bra maybe Allie later on um if you've ever watched any of other neil breen's films they never wear bras they always have open shirts with their cleavage showing i don't understand what he's going for here also 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 i'm I'm gonna jump ahead just a little bit here sure um every everything you're about to hear about the neighbors jim and amy and and Allie, like the whole the whole family the the mother the dad the stepdaughter whatever None of it matters. Not a single bit of because it. Because to the end of the by by the end of the plot, I remember for a moment I was kind of confused because I did hear them say later on that Leo was the the one who was the doctor. I thought she was the neighbor. Had she been the neighbor, you could have tied all of this in. She's completely unrelated to what happens with the neighbors. So all this drama that's about to go down with the neighbors makes <clears throat> no fucking sense to the plot. It has no – it's a totally and, different movie happening that's, within this movie. And that's a recurring theme with this film is nothing in this has yes. anything to do with anything else. Um, they're just like sitting on the couch, I think, drinking wine or something. And the gym says something like, uh, why don't we have sex anymore? And she goes, where did that come from? And I, my note to well, that first- is where does any of this dialogue come from? <laughs> <laughs> the first thing he says is it like over exaggerated drunk acting. He's like, You want me to give you a drink? And she's like, Get away from me. <laughs> I also want to he's he, across the room. <laughs> yeah, I also want to acknowledge Shannon, you say they're drunk. He's drinking a plastic bottle of vodka out of a regular <laughs> drinking glass like a goddamn yeah. serial killer. <laughs> yes. yes. Vodka, no rocks, just vodka. <sighs> at some point uh, amy asks, like have you seen ali and i love his he says you mean your stepdaughter what the <laughs> fuck is that which again means uh, it's his daughter right 
Right. My right. next my next note, this is when the realization hit me. I said, did AI write this dialogue? That's when it hit me. Um, he yeah. goes to his therapist. I love this. He goes with his therapist. They say one thing, and then the scene transitions to the next one. And when I say transitions, again, there's no transition. It's a smash cut, cut to the next scene. The yes. The part with the doctor takes about 20 seconds. Well, it should have taken 20 seconds, but that probably meant it took five minutes, because my next thing is... Yes. Um, is why is everything feel so painfully drawn out in this film? Yes. And Hunter, this because is something is. you stressed yeah. on. This was the very first note that I made when I started watching this earlier today. I sent to the group chat, I don't know why. I sent to the group chat every <laughs> and I'm quoting myself, every shot in Fateful Findings is 20 seconds longer than it should be. Yes. Yes. I don't understand. Like sometimes we're just hanging on a, a person or an individual for a long time. I understand that sometimes he's doing those, those little after effects transitions that takes like way too long. Um, yep. So whatever, you got to hold on for that. But again, like it starts at the very beginning of the movie when the younger version of Dylan of his character is pointing at that mushroom. It's just his hands for 20 pointing seconds at the mushroom for a solid 20 seconds. Yeah. And you're going, what is happening? Speed it. Why fuck am I looking up. at this for so long? Um, so weird i did i did kind of skim over the fact that it was probably one of my favorite scenes of the movie where he's got the coffee and he's trying to drink it and it's (laughs) oh my god so badly acted it is the most i I know if we have younger listeners they're not going to get this it is the most infomercial shit i've ever seen in my life and your movie sucks kind of touched on this too there's so many people in this movie who are (laughs) knocking shit over or falling and you like if you grew up in the 90s and the late two or in the early 2000s all you're hearing you're seeing that footage in black and white with a red x that goes and then somebody going has this ever happened to you yeah like it's just it's so so bad after that i wrote that down as a note (laughs) 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 compared to the rest of the movie so far the realistic interactions between jim and his wife amy are a breath of fresh air (laughs) (laughs) so sources needed sources needed At, at this point, have we acknowledged that he is hacking for government secrets no. or whatever? No, nope. not no. yet. All right, cool. nope. Let me know. Let me know. When, let me know when we get there. <laughs> when we up. arrive. So uh, this is. Uh, I think this is when they do. No, they haven't done the barbecue yet. Um, this oh, is no, when no, they, no. they have the dinner, and the yeah. and he spills the beer, and he just ignores spilling beer in Dylan's house, and instead hands up a wine glass and says, "Gonna have some wine." Because in case you didn't know, because Neil Breen's writing is very subtle. Jim is a drunk. <laughs> Jim is a drunk piece of shit. Oh, has has uh, is this where the girl says that she's doing a report on elephants? Yes. In Africa? Yes. yes. It's so dumb. <laughs> Which Jim drunkenly oh says God. he doesn't want to hear about he that. Hear about that. And of course, Neil Breen and does because Neil Breen is the moral authority and does no wrong. Um, I wrote down this this stepdaughter's acting is straight out of a porn. It is like, let's just get it out of the way. Yeah, Yeah. she was 18. She was 18, had no business being in a film yet, probably. It's It's bad. Well, so does Amy. Amy sounds and looks like a porn star. I know why she was hired. Um, yeah, I put the fucking audio switching back and forth. When they cut from Dylan to anyone else, there is audible like noise, like a it's in the a background. Hum. Yeah, yeah. And it keeps yeah. switching. It drove me nuts. 
Uh, it feels- no, my, my first thought was maybe he ADR'd his lines, but I'm like, there's no way he's good enough to sync up no. his voice and the, right. the visual. Yeah. There's no way. Uh, I don't believe it. It feels like everyone films their scenes alone and they splice it together. That was, yeah. Yep. Exposition nope. like nope. a motherfucker because no one can subtly say anything in this film. They have to literally spell out every single thing. Right. No one does anything. They just tell you they what tell they're you doing how they at feel. all times. That's yeah, going to be constantly. something I, I come back to every once in a while. I put the weirdest nudity I've ever seen because this is the part like <laughs> Jim and Amy sleep face down in the most awkward way possible. Every time they show a woman sleeping in this film, it's face down, almost like they've been murdered Right. topless with the side breast showing it's show the nudity neil breen if you want to show half naked women so bad just show it all it's terrible or, or don't but make yeah, a fucking choice man make one of uh, uh one of my favorite notes why does the therapist hold his sessions in a boardroom and why do they sit on opposite ends of a 20 person <laughs> table <laughs> What are you doing? Nope. Are you negotiating a contract and you're going to slide it across? No. Every part. Well, of I mean, the he does ask a lot about the book and his research, so he could be negotiating. You should clarify which therapist, because of course there are two. Oh, you know, yeah. This, this is the, the man who looks like an old timey doctor, but acts <laughs> like a man that's never seen a film. Um, oh, I put, this man. is the most disjointed film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I put the next scene. So Jim and Amy, or I'm sorry, Dylan and his wife. I don't know her name. I'm sorry. I Emily. Oh, was no, it? it's Emily. Emily. Which I had to laugh because I was waiting at one point for my wife, Emily, to come in the room and be like, who is saying my name so much? No, don't do it. Oh, that's right. How can I forget the scene where it goes, Emily, Emily. <laughs> um, it's just the same line looped. Yep. Uh, so there's a part where he's sitting there on his computer and there's no context. He just goes, I've got to get this work done. And she replies with, my job sucks. And I wrote actual conversation between me and Lindsay. That is <laughs> that has happened before. <laughs> We've actually said these things. <laughs> at some point, this is where we, we start to explore Emily's drug addiction. She just is talking and she says, the bank is failing. Pills help. What are you talking about? Yep. I don't understand. Is this where they get in the toilet? Is this where he puts the yes. pills in the toilet? Shortly thereafter, because he's in a room saying, where are my pills? Which is probably the best acting that Neil Breen's ever done. Because she throws them underhanded off screen. He catches them so casually. Thank you. I don't. I don't need these. I don't need, I don't these. need these after nine seconds staring at it. He then dumps them in the toilet and throws the bottle just next to the toilet on the floor. At that point, yeah, I wrote. She fishes them out. Yeah, because that's how pills well, she's work. a drug addict, Hunter. It's a sickness. Pills help. I once again wrote seriously. A, I wrote this dialogue, right? Oh I then wrote those poor laptops. That oh, this is the part where she comes in and they've argued again, and they literally transition, quote unquote, from the living room to the to the to the, to the workroom, and she just goes, "I'm done talking." You were because you left the fucking room. You went back to tell him, and then he just he, he says, "Oh, really?" He starts throwing clothes and laptops. He rips her clothes off. She rips his. Yeah. I yeah, said she rips his shirt like it's a whole the folder and just like slings it up and grins while the guy laughs. 
God, you know, damn. boys, the, the uh, intimate thing when you toss thousands of dollars of laptops on the floor haphazardly oh and throw papers God. in the face of your sexual partner. I'm, All normal things. I'm four pages into 12 pages here. I got to hurry this up more. Um, no, you don't. But this is going to be the longest episode of the year right now. Let's set the bar <laughs> early, boys. We then switch to Neil Breen's other therapist, who's basically a soothsayer. She's his shaman. And yes. I wrote... Also, they meet in folding chairs, yes, sitting I, about yeah. two feet away from each other. I, I wrote, oh my god, why is, generous. why is this therapist in a fucking closet? Is there no middle ground? <laughs> when you meet with a therapist, it's either boardroom or fucking broom closet. That's all you get. <laughs> And, and then she tells him one of my favorite quotes, deadpan serious. She goes, they, you were given a power. It's in the wind. They will harm you. What the fuck are you talking about? What does any of this fucking mean? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. I know we've skipped stuff to get to that point, but I couldn't tell you for sure where it is on the timeline. <laughs> well, well, Cody, then we cut no back to, to Jim and Amy as Amy's popping pills and she just the first thing she says she looks at it and she goes I'm sorry I failed you I let you down what are you talking and, uh, and, and then he, I guess he tries to sleep with her again and she basically rejects him and he says he's gonna go get some air and then he just blurts out I'm not running away okay cool All right. story bro thanks for sharing buddy we then see the guy in the black shoes and the black pants show up again walk around and disappear again well, oh we didn't address him the first time yeah, we didn't address we, that we in the hospital room yeah when yeah. neil breed evacuates the hospital room you pan down to the carpeted hospital room floor because sterility right and None safety ever makes sense <laughs> no there's black slacks with black to shoes also i want to point out to you i thought it was supposed that to be neil himself no like that, he was neil himself i'm oh, sure is, but is, yeah but that, <laughs> right, is a, that right. is a recurring character in his films I, when i watch twisted pair he shows up there there's a homeless guy sitting outside and he walks up to him and then he disappears again and i'm like what's the point it's his why, version of the smoking man or the g-man but with no <sighs> context or no like carry through um <sighs> His wife tells Dylan, played by Neil Breen, to it's late, come to bed, despite the fact that the sun is shining brightly through the fucking window. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I put the, tra the transition in this film are well done. She th we then go to the part where they're sitting on the couch together, and she just says, are you having an affair? Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. No reason. No reason to no, think this. His, def his defense is, yeah, his defense was very convincing, you know, as he side eyes the camera. That was that was <laughs> straight out of LA Noir. And then you just see the like his eyes dart around like that fucking dog on the Simpsons <laughs> that is shifty eyed back and forth. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I then wrote uh Neil Breen is an awful actor, but god damn it, I love everything he says. The next thing I wrote was, this doesn't yeah. make any goddamn sense. <laughs> oh. You should have started there. We then go to the barbecue. And this is where the plot... Wait, 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 wait. At this point, he has admitted he's hacking, right? Yes. At some point, he has said openly, I think just in the room by himself, I think, I think that he is doing... When, when he... She thinks he's having an affair, and he says, "No, the secret I've been keeping is that I'm I'm hacking government secrets, yes. and 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 corporate secrets instead of writing another novel." This is so. Tell no one. We, we've been Tell talking about this no. for over half an hour. 
this is the 30 minute mark of the movie. It's in the notes that I put in here and exactly 30 minutes in the movie, the lead character mentions he is hacking government computer systems to uncover corruption. That is ostensibly the yeah. main plot of this movie. That's the whole and point. It is not even remotely addressed until 30 minutes into a 100 minute run. And, and it also for the next 30 minutes, 40 minutes has no impact. Does nope. not matter. Will not be addressed again. until the end where they, they rush it into the ending. This is the part oh where we finally go to the barbecue. And what <laughs> I love about the barbecue, I wrote this down is let's invite Jim to everything because he's always drunk and fuck shit up and sexually harasses me because he does this at the party <laughs> to her, but that's skipping ahead a little bit. Um, also uh, barbecue is a generous term because whoever at any given time is moving the food on the grill, the grill is not on. No. Nope. So they're just like generally well, rotating already grilled food. Did, did you also like the uh, background noise of the clear party happening? Despite yep. the fact there's only five people <laughs> and they're not saying anything. It was, it was in the <sighs> yard next door. God yeah, damn. And then in bo- in all bold caps, I wrote, why did they invite the doctor when it wasn't her patient? This is when Leah shows up with her fiance, Tim, for no reason at all. Has Tim, nothing by to the do. Way, who will only get to get them a drink and then get his engagement broken off. Yes. In <laughs> fact, the whole reason he's there. My favorite line of the film, as they're all talking and they introduce it like this is the doctor from the hospital. Cool to invite her, but not the actual doctor, I guess. I don't know. Tim, right. in, in one of his only two lines, says, I'll go get us a drink to celebrate. And I wrote, celebrate what? What right. are you celebrating? Again, ostensibly, it should be Neil or Dylan, Dylan's recovery. But right. no one ever says that. No one says he it. acknowledges that he was ever in the hospital in the first place. You so why be- did any of that happen? Neil Breen, he beats your head with like a context with the lack of context with just like overt yes. plot points, but they leave so many things out. It's shocking. Um, all the time. And in probably the best part of the film and a whole film full of them, Cody, this is the part where, where the book drops out of her pocket, the book she's been carrying Which for is- 40 fucking years in her front pocket. In her front Don't pocket. Wait, does not fit. Where and she her, apparently yeah. does not notice it falls as she gets her phone out. And Neil mm-hmm. Breen looks at her and goes, oh my God, is that you? I can't believe it's you. <laughs> I can't believe it's you. I wrote, never, she never bothered Ooh. to look at the name of the chart. She says, uh, yeah, I didn't know it was you. Great neurologist. Yeah. She says it. She literally says, I never, I never thought to look at the name on the chart. And your face was covered in bandages, which again, to her credit, the best acting in this film by a long shot. Is well, also, how could she recognize him? He looks like her grandfather. <laughs> like, how would she possibly know I, it was her childhood? I, I wrote, because at this point, he's like touching her. He's holding her hand. He's being very forward with her. With his wife right there. And her yes. fiance grabbed him a drink to celebrate. Celebrate yes. getting cucked. I don't know. I I, <laughs> I wrote, why is she also, there? Why is she so receptive to a guy she knew as a kid in what appears child. to be 50 years ago for him and 20 years ago for her, judging by their <laughs> visible age? Also, like I did for, for the neighbors, for Jim and Amy and, the, and their daughter, um, let me jump ahead for you real quick. Yeah. There was literally no reason for uh, uh, Emily, the wife <laughs> character, or Tim, the, the fiancé character, to exist in this movie either because they do nothing except either do literally nothing, Tim, or um, serve as a reminder not to drink and take pills. Yeah. Uh, that's it. 
That's the only reason these characters are there. Which, they will summarily be kicked out of the relationships and no longer be relevant to the rest of the Hunter, I'm gonna dis- I- I'm gonna disagree here. Emily in this film provided a great example of what you should do. Drink and do pills so you die before watching the rest of the movie. She escaped early, and I'm envious of her. Yeah, oh, and, and important to note that she dies. Spoiler alert, she dies not too long Sorry. after this, and then is yes. never referenced again after that. No, no funeral. It's like she never existed in yeah. the first place. No funeral. Yep. No mention. In she fact, also dies. No funeral. The only thing that comes from that is the the daughter making a vague reference to the cops at the very, very to end. my mom, right? And they know what happened. Hey, speaking of the daughter, Allie, this oh, is the, this is the part where oh God. she comes over to the pool. She gets it. All right, goddamn, I love this. She gets. 18-year-old girl that Neil Breen has hired for this film. He puts her in the pool in a tiny black bikini, at which point she steps into the water, she takes her top off, she looks back at Neil Breen, he has the shocked look on his face, and then he just kind of goes away. And so she then immediately goes into the house and gets in the bath, at which point he says, oh, honey, you're home early, and walks in, and she's in there naked and looks back at him with the fuck-me eyes. And then he has to explain to her, you can't come over, you can't do this, etc., etc. This is the part where she looks directly at the fucking yep, camera. Right down the lens, right down the barrel of <laughs> right the fucking camera. And for some reason, Neil oh. Breen, a professional filmmaker, thought it was okay to leave a cut in there where the actress looks directly at the camera. I, so mm. that whole scene, again, you, you addressed it. It's a shitty version of the Stacy's mom moment, which was a shitty version although obviously intentional of fast times at Ridgemont high. He's looking out a window. She looks behind her and says, Dylan, you don't know if he heard that or not, because there doesn't seem to be any discussion or context of that. He doesn't know she's at the pool because she then comes into the house. He thinks it's his wife and she's not even taking a bubble bath. She has stepped one leg into the tub and he comes in and awkwardly wraps her with a towel above frame because you see nothing but legs. Right, because she wants to fuck him like every other woman in this film wants to fuck him. Apparently. I, but again, we're given no reference as to why or right, what could possibly yeah. have led her down the, this path. Like, this is just nothing. 100. This is such a vanity project in like not a fun way. Like this is such, yes. this is an age. And like, again, he made a movie cool, but it's an aging man who wants to be the big hero. In every film, he is that. And everyone wants to have sex yes. with him. Every guy wants to be him. Um, I wrote... Ali's storyline wrapped up very quickly because that was it. It was literally this moment and then the very end. I didn't know what was coming at the end, so I wrote this prematurely. But other than this small five-minute moment, if that, and the very end where she comes back and he once again tells her you can't be here despite the fact that she wasn't actually doing anything this time, that's it for her. Right. That's her storyline. It's wrapped Done. up. You're good to go. See ya. Well, except for the moment that we are screaming too soon, which right is now. the death of Jim right now. That's the next scene. <laughs> yep. That's yeah, the so only other thing she does from that to this. Yes. Jim and right. Amy. Yeah, somehow happens six weeks later, because we don't know because there's no time frame. Well, no, because there's a phone call. There's a phone call to Amy saying, I'm sorry. She did that. Well, I'll talk to her. So this yeah. is like right afterward directly of yeah. uh, Amy and Jim argue and fight again. Jim once again, go. He, he my favorite thing is he, he pours his drink on her. And this is important yeah. because I noticed little shit like this. He throws his drink on her and it like soaks into her shirt, I believe, on like the right side of her of her breast. And yeah. so the right side is like soaked, right? He then goes out to his car and he starts washing it again because of 
I guess she goes and wipes down the, the mirror garage, like a fucking psycho who yeah. washes their car in the garage. <laughs> yep. she, she goes to pick up her pistol. At this point, her shirt is completely dry, completely it dry. Is. She then yeah. goes out to the garage to confront him and her shirt is wet again, but not in the right spot. Now it's wet in the middle. The consistency <laughs> key and she yep. shoots him you've probably seen the clip of her going i'm gonna fill this damn car full of holes no and she <laughs> fires one bullet which apparently goes through his ear because later on he's got blood all over his ear bubbling out of like the back of his neck <laughs> and and as as they show him again and neil breen comes in there he's already got blood over his ear but then the blood starts pouring out again like he had a second yep. wound open suddenly and I wrote Jim's well, storyline wraps up very cool. quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, importantly, you're going to get another suicide in the same uh, block of houses within literally a day or two. And evidently the cops just don't care. Right. Until the very don't end. Lick. I wrote the exposition lets you know how they're feeling. Because <laughs> Emily, at this point, oh she's complaining about uh, Dylan says to her out of nowhere, Jim's suicide was not your fault. And I wrote, who yeah. the fuck said it was? Right. We gotta set up a helicopter to see if we can find who asked. Like, <laughs> well, no, she doesn't dress because she rejected him at the barbecue. Yeah, that's why he killed Somehow. himself. Yeah, 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 because she turned him down for sexual harassment and him knocking over a bunch of food drunkenly at yeah. their celebration barbecue with a neurologist that wasn't assigned to this man. We've we've completely oh. skipped over the uh, I can't believe you committed suicide. Which again. If I had known what I had known about my relationships in the past and uh, the people, I absolutely would have said, I can't believe you're breaking up with me. I cannot believe you're breaking up with me. How could you break up with me? And that would have been very funny to me. He rubs the blood on his face. That Let's makes him not more dramatic. escape that. That makes him more dramatic. Uh-huh. Um, he then goes into the rock, which is a giant plastic garbage bag. Yep. And there's a naked yep. you know girl what? in there with you him. You know what? Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. Every every one of these scenes is stupid as hell, and it adds nothing to the story. It makes no sense. We get no context or explanation as to what is supposed to be happening, why it happens, what happens as a result of it, whatever. Yeah. But I'll give him this much: at least the first time that we that he he cut to what's obviously apparently the inside of the rock with the 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 trash bags all over the wall, it looked pretty good. It looked yeah, of all good. the options. Of all the things he could have done, like I, I'm, I'm down for a low budget, quick resolution. Let's figure it out type of thing. I love a practical effect. Yeah, um, of course. And, and that's at the end of the day, that's what this was. It was a practical yeah. effect. Yeah. And honestly, again, until until I really looked closely, I was like, oh, it's trash bags on the wall. Right. Not bad. Yeah. I wish the scenes made sense and, and do you, mattered. Do you some, wish or that, that people weren't naked every yeah, time? Do you wish that he wasn't time. naked with Leah, who they also wanted oh to show God. the side oh breasts? My but, God. You know, um, so awkward. I'm going to skip a bunch of notes here and just go to the part <laughs> where, because I had this to be fucking forever. I'm on page seven. So then um, Dylan and Leah seem to run into each other randomly in, by a pond. Literally, I thought they met there, but no, they walk past each other. Like they just randomly saw yeah. each other. Um, at which point they go back to each other and hug and she tell, I wrote, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like I broke up with Tim after seeing you one time at a party. I had no business being at because we were friends. We were nine and you found a treasure. That's, that's what I wrote for that. He yeah. then, he then explains so to her, words. 
he said that he was in love with her and he fell in love with her when she was when they were eight. You did not fall in love when you were eight, bro. You were a fucking no. kid. You didn't fall in love. Right. Ask me who I was in love with when I was eight. I don't fucking know. Because uh, I wasn't. Amy Joe Johnson, the Pink Power Ranger. I think that was a little later, but yes, that would have been true. Um uh, no, for me personally. No, no speaking, yeah. speaking yeah. for myself. Yeah. <laughs> Heat, and then I put uh, your everything I ever wanted based on the absolute zero information I have about you now because she's absolutely thrown her life away now to be with him for no reason at all. Right? They go oh, back. This is also where she casually mentions that her engagement's off. Right? Yeah, she broke yeah, up with him. Yeah, it's over with him. She does no explanation why, and no. his response is something like, "It's probably for the best." I'm sorry that <laughs> happened. What? Are you sure? Because you don't sound like you are. And why do you believe it's for the best? Because now she's yours. They, uh, come on, man. they then go back to the forest and kiss and probably have sex for whatever reason. Which and, apparently is just nearby. Yeah, I guess it's like, within walking distance. Hometown. Yeah. Yeah. They can just walk yeah. there. Sure. Um, I wrote down every second of this film is spitting in God's face. <laughs> I, I, this film proves God isn't real. What are you talking about? Then, as a note, I wrote down the suicide hotline because this is the part where Emily decides to kill herself. Because I guess yes. she's so distraught over Jim killing herself himself and she blames herself for it that she takes a bunch of pills and dies. Sure. And I I wrote his character is a real trash bag for someone so morally righteous because while she's at home committing suicide, he's out in the fucking forest of erection making out with his <laughs> fucking childhood love. Yeah. Good yeah. on you. Also, I got dropping the name pieces of, the of clothing on the ground. Quick. Yeah, <laughs> force of erection. I can't wait to play that in my next Super Mario World Kaizo hack. <laughs> uh, I say this is how this as they're making love in the forest. I wrote this is how robots view eroticism. I hate watching Neil Breen kiss people. How does she keep a straight face during Neil Breen's acting? And Hunter, this is the part I was telling you about. He goes home, he finds Emily dead, and he starts holding her and he goes, Emily, Emily. And he says, it was you. I know it was you, softly. And I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck that means. So, So, okay, okay. Cody, you go first, because I have a theory, too. Yeah, okay. So my theory is that because we've kind of skipped a couple situations where he's talking to the first psychotherapist about getting more meds and she Emily is on the phone with the psychotherapist mentioning the research and he starts pressing Neil at, or excuse me Dylan saying you're not writing a book are you what is the research I think it's that she was the one that spilled the beans to the first psychotherapist and while Dylan was feeling the pressure and that's what Hunter said basically too the research yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was basically on the same track was that it's again, it's one of those things that's not made clear by the film. Not but like when she's like drunk and, and pilled up or whatever, like she's mm-hmm. she's spilling the beans on this government hacking to his his psychotherapist, who he, of course, then lies to and says he's not seeing another therapist. For no Although reason it turns at all. out that's true. She's not actually yeah. there. It's a whole thing. <laughs> now, see, Cody, have you gotten to that part yet? See, I think what they were going for in that is I think they were trying to basically convey that to the suicide yeah that he was in love with her and he was like i knew it was you it was you let's say basically like i knew it was you from the start i love you more than anything it's hard to tell whether it's a or b though as i said to hunter because his acting is so bad and there's no subtlety yes like no context or too much subtlety i guess yeah like you don't know you don't know what happened um and then at the end he starts yelling no and it goes mute and i'm pretty sure i wrote down they did that because it, i'm sure the take of him going no was so bad even he was like i can't put this in here this is embarrassing <laughs> this work. he then texts leah and says emily's dead 
and that's it. She's never spoken of again. Uh, the Rock yep. disappears. We get a cringy flashback, cringy nudity once again, and Emily is never spoken of again. No funeral, nothing. Never. In fact, not long after again. that, Lee is now in the house with him as he's eating like spinach. And okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so you said earlier that was your that you had a favorite scene. This is my favorite scene of the entire fucking movie. So smash cut from the forest to the office where Neil does Dylan does all of his writing or what the fuck ever where he throws books, books and laptops coffee. that's yeah. all it is yeah and at his Craigslist laptops and he is indeed it looks like he's eating a salad like on a plate he stabs his fork in takes a bite crunch and she's smiling grins at at Leah you know, yeah. who, who's sitting there yeah. sitting there not eating just watching him eat this plate <laughs> of what we come, come to find out is just greens it's just a few <laughs> dry pieces of spinach this is not a salad this is nope. the thing a psychopath eats he needs a psychotherapist yeah so he sets <clears throat> the plate on his desk but he sets it on top of some file folders that are clearly unstable it falls obviously because that's how fucking gravity works she in the most baffling fucking shot of the entire movie save for the time that someone looked at the camera and they left it in leah looks at the plate falling onto the desk makes a little surprised o face oh and then laughs for no reason (laughs) this is very funny to her that he has just made a mess (laughs) (laughs) while eating his weird plate of spinach yep i died it was as other than the ending sequence which i can't wait to get to we'll get that this was the funniest i had to pause i had to pause and laugh at this whole sequence the entire i watched it again i watched it twice (laughs) it was so fucking funny neil breen's character is he's at this point they're really starting to push the uh hacking like this is when this is when it really starts to become a big thing yeah and he says someone's gonna find out and I wrote, isn't that the fucking point? You're trying to expose the secrets. Right. Is that right. what you want? And I don't remember what happened, but I wrote in all caps, God, give me one fucking scene transition that conveys the passage of time. <laughs> I wrote, fuck them laptops, because I think this is the part where he starts destroying them uh, out of yes. fear. Like, yeah, books just huffing books at laptops. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's also, I wrote it in the notes, it's all the same book. Apparently he got a deal on a bunch of copies of The War Within by Bob Woodward, and so every book is a copy of The War Within by Bob Woodward. That's fucking great. (laughs) Which, I'm so sorry to Bob Woodward for being associated indirectly (laughs) with this fucking travesty. When when Neil does the no more book scene, when he says he's not going to write any more books, he's going to just go straight hacking. He's not going to write a new novel. No more. I'm books, not. By the way, he only wrote one. Yeah. It took 29 takes for him to decide that he liked the version of it that he did. I am not obligated to sign this contract. I will we'll not sign this contract. Uh, this man's a real estate developer. He's said yes. those words to people before. How could he <sighs> not say it right? Yes, very much so. So <laughs> we're in the end game now, folks. I promise. We then get the greatest criminal of all time as he puts his hood up and he pours. I wrote it's just peroxide. Clearly, um, right? He puts right. peroxide on a I napkin. Mean. And my favorite thing is as he runs up to Leah, he does this little fucking shimmy, like he doesn't know how to move correctly. 
Because yep. there was no stunt or fight coordinator for this movie, because <laughs> apparently Neil Breen can't do that. So, <laughs> so as they run up to each other, you know, there's clearly supposed to be a collision, or he's supposed to like wrap her in his arms, and he eventually gets there, but this take was, I guess, the best one. Neither one of them could decide who was going to move first, so she kind of like puts her bag out instinctively, and yeah, he does like the truffle shuffle, trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> I mean, he's so lost. He, he drugs her and, and drags her away. And I think he leaves his card that says where he took her for some reason. Yes. It falls and, out of his pocket. And then I love it's Neil Breen talking to her on his cell phone. <laughs> and I, and he starts saying like, where are you? Pick up. I found yourself. Where are you? And I wrote, it's a voicemail, not a fucking answering machine. Yeah. But, but then I wrote, or maybe it is. I have no clue. Yeah. Cause that comes You're up later. It's so much exposition. Your purse is on the walkway leading up to the front of the house, but you're not here. Where are you? <sighs> not, the, not the house. I want to disclose because I made a note about this specifically. I'm at the front of our house. Yeah. His oh, wife's shit. been dead for two goddamn oh, days. It could be 17 years for all we know. One knows. Because we have no, no idea. Yeah, I specifically noted that he said our house during that, again, Better oh acted by Shannon and Hunter good, than by anything Neil Breen did. Good Just catch. our house. I am outside of our house at the front door. I'm going to find you. Where are you? Where are you? Are pick you up. okay? Pick yeah, up. Pick up. Again, pick up because the voicemail works. And again, you would assume the phone's probably in the fucking bag she dropped. Oh my God, this was about the time I started having an aneurysm in the fucking recliner back there. <laughs> uh, so he goes to where she's being kidnapped because the oh, guy man. dropped the note. There's what? It's the same guy who's either drunk or asleep just sitting next to the fucking trailer that's in... I wrote only one sleepy criminal to kidnap and hold hostage the loved one of the most dangerous hacker in the world. And she's in a trailer in the middle of a storage shed compound. On whose orders? Next to two two jet skis, baby. He asked, he wakes the guy up and he's like, you know, what's going on? And the guy's like, I don't know. I don't know anything. So he then hits him with a bottle and keeps asking him questions because I don't know. He teleports. Oh, man. Oh. Hang on, the smash cut away from him hitting him with the bottle is is chef's kiss, by the way, <laughs> because you can tell that that was not going to work, and so they cut, but in the most inexplicable choice, he Neil hits him with the bottle, and they smash cut to Neil's face just, like, grinning for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> he loved that bottle shot, man. He yep. was so into it. Uh, he, oh. he, he teleports into the little room. He takes yep. off her gag and her her fucking blindfold, blindfold and tells her he's gonna get her out of there. And instead of opening the door from the inside, because that's how doors work, right? He's gonna no. It was it was padlocked. He made a point to show that it was a padlock, and he didn't know how to get in. That's why he teleported through. If he could teleport in, he could probably destroy the padlock with his mind i don't know yeah you could probably yeah disassemble right. the entire trailer from the inside with his mind power then, this, then we wouldn't get this magnificent sequence yeah because this is one of the most baffling <laughs> things in a film that is completely baffling michaela minton if you're listening still and you're still here thank you uh because you're the it's only one you. listening that's um, right and zero maybe yeah zane zane might Dal- be around dalton maybe dalton likes squalor um <laughs> So he kids te- love it. I'm told <laughs> he tells her to close her eyes because he she she can't see what's about to happen. But that's not enough. He says, "I'm gonna put the gag back in your mouth." 
It was me. It was look, look, look. It was look. It was at this point that Shannon and I, as we were talking about this, um, and I think this is the last thing I sent when we were talking about it separately. I, I said, and I quote: "I think we can safely assume the answer to some of the questions we have about this movie is because Neil Breen had money to spend <laughs> and actors in the palm of his hand who thought they were going to be stars. Here are some things that answers." Why are all three women attracted to him? Why do they all sleep on their stomachs where you can see the sides of their chests? Why does he want his own love interest bound and gagged for no apparent reason? Why is she 30 years younger than him? God damn. All of these questions and more can be answered by the fact that Neil Breen directed his own movie. And it's it, just that. It doesn't even make any sense. Like, even if you try to look at it from, no. from the storyline point of view, he says, like, you can't see or don't speak like be quiet you that's why i put the gag in your mouth but then immediately why? after she says what's happening through the gag plain as day through so, the gag. so what's the fucking point <laughs> um we then go back to the house where ali's oh. back and here's a sentence i never thought i'd say out loud why is ali back for no reason and and she <laughs> and she i guess she's hitting on him again and that's when she says you know, my mom shot my dad. Uh, you know, the cops were there asking her questions. I saw it. I saw all of it. And I wrote, no, you didn't. You didn't see right. any of it. None of that. You're lying now. What? Also, his answer to that is he tells her she should call 911. She the just said the there. cops are there. <laughs> yep. And oh. also, none of this matters. None of it because matters. Because, again, this is the last time you will hear about any of these characters ever again. And then they go to, uh, again, a scene of him and her, him and, and Leah sleeping. She's once again face down, side boob showing, like every other woman in this movie. And I wrote, why do all women sleep naked face down in the Breen verse? I then wrote, 90% of this movie is pointless filler. <laughs> I then wrote, the more I see Neil Breen, the more I'm convinced he is some kind of a synthetic android. Everything about his existence in this film makes more sense if you think of it as how a synthetic person would see real people and how they would try to emulate what they have seen with their absolute inability to feel human emotions. So then the Breen, Breen oh also God. really into exposed shoulders and collarbones, by the way. Oh, he's, he's got that curve finish, thing. except Tar different Tarantino's body part. Yeah. Into feet, this dude is into upper chests. Like, just, my God, he can't handle it. I forgot this happened, oh, and the note reminded me of it. This is where he tells her he has to go away for a couple days. He drives out to the desert where he sees three ghosts who he asks, should he be afraid? Yep. And then the ghosts disappear, and that's it. That's all of it. And then he goes oh, back to yep. sleep. And the book. And, and the, book. the book. The book is in the, the, the desert. Giant book. The book that was in the storage shed in the beginning, which, by the way, again, will never be referenced after Never this referenced and again. It makes zero fucking sense. Other, other than when it's in the black rock room and he's naked, like, staring at a page that what? he hasn't even opened enough what to read. It? What does he do? No clue. Where did it come from? I don't know, but glitter fell on it off screen, so clearly it must be important. Whoa. All right. All right. We're at the end here. Um, everything weird things start happening. His house starts like now. (laughs) (laughs) Things on his wall start shaking for no reason at all. His ghost therapist disappears, fades out with the basic fade effect. I wrote, This is the worst ghost therapist i've seen since the sixth sense spoiler alert <laughs> and at this point i'm trying I'm, I'm in my head i'm trying to go over what all this means i i am i'm just going like okay what is happening and i put he clearly has sure. a vision no doubt like he has a vision of this story but i have no yes. fucking clue what it is this is that thing where like and i've i'm bad about this too where you have this great story in your head and it makes sense to you 
but you don't know how to accurately write it down. You don't know how to like convey it to other people. So whenever I'm trying to explain a story to somebody that is in my head, I get about halfway through it and I quit because I'm like, this doesn't sound as good as it sounds in my head. I feel like that's what this is. He just wrote the entire film that way. Like it makes sense to him, but not to us. So he has a vision, but goddamn, I don't know what it is. And now we get to the ending. Perhaps the greatest ending ever shown oh in cinema. God. Oh my God. We're out of nowhere. Ooh. Neil Breen appears in front of a bunch of reporters in front of, I don't know, what was he in front of? What building was that? They it's said the, the White National House and White House, but it's, it's not the White House. Which it's not. It's the right. National Archives. Yeah. I only know because I've been there um, as of earlier this year. But yeah, it's in DC. It's clearly, he's not clear. He's clearly not actually there. No, it's a he green screen. stock footage of, yeah. of people setting up like cameras, like a press conference. Yeah. And then it's a green screen of him in front of the national archives. Yep. And then everything that Neil Breen says here is killer. He talks about how he's hacked. And this again, I feel like he has a message for this film. And I wrote, I feel like he wanted to push his political agenda, then half-ass a film around it. It's not yes. that the movie has a bad message. It's a good message of don't trust crooked politicians and stuff like that. There is a point, but it comes if, out of if nowhere. That was the message, but here's right. the problem. Everything he says in the next 15 minutes in the end of this movie, at no point does he explain <laughs> what? who the people are, what well, is uh, happening, Hunter, what the secrets are. He does. It's the president of the bank. <laughs> no, that man implicates himself. That's true. <laughs> he doesn't even call him out. Yeah, he only just continues to repeat himself by basically saying, "I have uncovered secrets of government I've got the and worst. corporate yeah. corruption." Right. Uh, and and oh, you've got that the worst. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm saying he's saying I've got the worst information anyone's ever found out. Oh, I have. Yeah. Like yeah, what yeah, I found yeah, out yeah. is the worst ever. Yeah. Yeah, but again, he ne- it, it will shock you. You should hold these people accountable and eliminate them. them. Most of this would be good messaging again if it meant something. But he never says what anyone did. What what do they do? Are they pedophiles? Are they stealing your money? He says they're lying to you and they're making your lives hard. Okay, no context. But how? In, yeah. In what way? And again. Who are they? If you want to do this thing, man, start giving me names because these people did not exist in this movie until the last 10 minutes. And by the way, they're all gathered together watching it. Watching it. Yeah. They're all um, gathered together yeah. watching it. Yeah, and, from the same perspective of the National Archives. Straight yes. on. Yes. Yes. So they're like, it's like they lined up with him. Yeah. Um, to support him. The fucking, the fucking inserted applause. Yes. After that, every line. Everything that he cuts. says. That cuts multiple times. He cuts it short to give another line. Yeah. All of these people, they start talking about, of, I put the final testimonials, Jesus fucking Christ. As all of these guys, like one guy says, you know, they know my crimes. I'm scared to go to jail. And then he lifts up the gun slowly, puts it to his neck. And pulls the trigger, but they leave about a second or two after. So he pulls the trigger and nothing happens. Well, no, no, you see the muzzle fire, yeah. like the muzzle fire gif at the end of the gun. And then nothing happens there. for a second or two. And they linger on that shot. And uh, people just start killing themselves like over and over again. And they start talking about how we did the public wrong. We were terrible. We need to be punished. The c- politicians are corrupt. One guy hangs himself. A girl goes into her car and uh, breathes in the fumes. One guy slits his wrist. One guy takes pills, which are so powerful, he immediately goes face first into the Guys, into the steering wheel. That's very slowly as a controlled descent into the steering wheel. (laughs) Dylan has psychic magical powers. And the only way that he could stop these people is to hack government secrets. 
Like, dude, you're a fucking superhero. Go kill him yourself if you must. They all, like, but, but they didn't have to because they just yeah. easily die. Yeah, they this all is, this... kill each other. In and three of them, I think, in front of cameras, one by one, they take yes, turns, yes. and no one stops them. Yeah, there's nothing. The gunshots happen right then and there. Yeah, oh yeah. This is this is this is Bud, the person from Pennsylvania who did that in front of the cameras. Bud like, Dwyer, sixties. Yeah, Dwyer. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Straight up Bud Dwyer did. I also <sighs> want to point out because again, we're talking about the end of this film, and I don't want to escape without acknowledging this plot hole that I'm sure you will be astonished by. What I have found will shock you. So maybe I misunderstood it. At one point, he and Leah go back to the forest, to the mushroom, that magically reveals the case, right? Yeah, the treasure. He puts, he puts the black stone back in the case at that point, right? He puts something back I, in that I case. I don't remember. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so he did that. At some other point during the ghost vapor in the house, the one mirror and yes, one painting, the black stones on the nightstand... And it fades away again at some point. It disappears, yeah. At yes. the end of the movie, when he is delivering the flash drive of secrets and finding puts it on the stand. And he has it in his hand again. Yeah. Every he puts it on the microphone stand. It goes away and comes back. So 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 I think I think the idea was that once you get it, you can't get rid of it. You can't just give it away. You just age again, it at a faster rate. No, no context. I, right. I really wish things this. A sentence about that would have been nice. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Keep wishing. <laughs> I hope you find a black rock and convince it to happen. Um, best, Cody, I, I think you're, can, you're, best I can do is a twenty-minute sequence of just two people talking about nothing. <laughs> Uh, you know, Hunter, I was very critical. We talked about Death Proof, or we talked about uh, Planet Terror not too long ago, and I mentioned how Death yeah. Proof bored me because it was twenty minutes of people standing around talking at one point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I ever criticized it. Um, yeah. Because at least that's Tarantino talking. And it's and good it's dialogue. Quick. Yeah. It's choppy. Yeah. So, Cody, you also looked over the, I think it's a huge plot hole. And Hunter and I asked about this. So, I what's the huh? point? He can't do it. He can't do it. It's the sniper, right? This you were talking sniper. about sniper? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's delivering the message. All the people are killing themselves. <laughs> Out of the bushes comes this camouflage sniper who goes to take a shot. We see the crosshairs over Dylan's The face. shittiest fucking shot, crosshairs you've ever seen, crosshairs. by the way. literally locked onto the center of the screen. Oh, God. He shoots. You hear the gun go off. And then we see the sniper is bloody and he falls over and dies. But no one explains how. <laughs> he didn't shoot dead. himself. If someone else shot him, we never see who it was. Like maybe Dylan killed him with his like mind powers, but he doesn't mm. do anything to cause that. Yeah. The guy just dies from a gunshot. <sighs> and, then, and then Dylan gets applause. He's supposed to corruption. Sent him? The who bank. Sent him? Maybe. That guy's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then the movie just kind of ends. Everyone yeah. applauds him, yeah. and, and it's over. Him um, and Leah walk into the forest, and they transmogrify into children for just a brief moment, and then children. they walk oh back to the forest. God. I didn't actually pay attention oh to see God. if it was the same clothes they were wearing during the one scene they walked, because I'm, why wouldn't I'm it be? I'm certain it was. <laughs> so, I'm not willing to look back and find out. So that's the film, and let me start <laughs> off. We're going to give our reviews now. Let me start off by saying, <laughs> there, as far as I know, unless Hunter has something, there will be no <laughs> epilogues to this, because nobody wants the story to continue. 
Fuck no. Is that correct, or do you have one on her? I, I, I no, I, I admittedly didn't work anything up in Good. advance because I knew where this was going. Uh, that said, I'm going to do it now. So start talking, and I'll get there by the time we get there. Oh, All right, well, let's let's give <laughs> uh, let's give our review. So I wrote this down, and I hope I remember what I wanted to say. I put some would say this movie is a good movie to laugh at. For the most part, they're wrong. However, and I want to go back to what I said earlier today uh, and earlier in the show is that taking it bits, this movie is extremely entertaining. When you cut out. 80% of the film and just watch the highlights of the bad acting of the bad set pieces, etc., etc. It is a funny movie to watch. You can laugh at it. You can make fun of it, but objectively as a movie, as a film by objective reviewers, and we are, we make fun of things, but for the most part, we are objective reviewers, whether we like something or don't, yep. we look at it with, we look at it with fair eyes. There is no way you can recommend this movie to anybody. This is one of the worst films that has ever been made Neil Breen is one of the worst directors I've ever seen. Do I respect the fact that he does it? I do. Do I want him to keep doing it? I do. Does that make oh. him, does that make him immune to criticism? Absolutely not. This movie is boring. It's a slog. Watch the highlights. Don't watch the film because you're not missing anything. There is no plot no. that you're missing. There are no <laughs> scenes that you're missing. Watch YMS. Watch uh, Bad Movies with Mark. Yeah. Watch all of these people. Watch Red Letter Media. Watch these people that have reviewed this film and will give you the highlights and you can laugh at it together. But as a film, this movie is atrocious. It's boring. It's badly acted. It's badly directed. There are no points to it. I no longer view Neil Breen as this this comedic Genius. god of gold no he's just not talented i still no. think he should do what he does because that's a hell of a thing to make a film but it's bad it's two thumbs down for me objectively it's two thumbs down i could if i could give it three i would let me say again this is not the worst movie i've ever seen only because i have watched cool cat by Derek savage it's the only <laughs> thing i've ever seen that's worse than this that is my review. Do I think you should watch this movie? No. I think you should buy the film to support Neil Breen, never watch it, and then watch the YMS take of it instead. That is my review. That is how I feel about this film. Hunter, what about you? All right. Um, everything you just said is entirely accurate, <clears throat> and I'd like to add to it. I uh, I will never watch this movie again. Like oh, there's there's no there's no context or situation you can get me to watch this movie again. However, if I was going to watch a Neil Breen film again, it would happen in one of two ways. These are the the two ways I would find it acceptable. Number one, a Mystery Science Theater three thousand setup. Um, if it was us, like doing basically this but live, <laughs> like as the movie is happening in a theater with a bunch of people watching, they're our audience and we're all watching the movie. I'm down. Sign me up. Call yep. me tomorrow. I'll do it for free. I don't give a shit. That would be hilarious. I just don't want to watch this one again because I've seen it. It's terrible, and I don't want to see it anymore. Um, the only other acceptable way, and here's here's what really struck me at the end of this, to watch one of these movies, and this is what should have already happened. It'll never happen now, probably. In the heyday of Adult Swim, over the course of a six-hour block on like Cartoon Network at night, like starting at 9 till about 3 in the morning, these movies should be chopped up and used as bumpers in and out of commercials. Yeah. Because, and, and, and not every scene now, probably you're going to do every scene because you're going to need that much time, but that way, like you were just talking about like the, the YMS version or just watching like the highlights on YouTube or whatever, 
that way where it's just this inexplicable and again in that sense i want no context i don't want anybody to explain <laughs> right. to me what the fuck is happening i want to come out of commercials i want to see neil holding jim in front of his car going how could you do this how could you commit suicide well, I- and then smash cut back into fucking squidbillies like that's that's the premier way to watch these movies because it would be so hilarious to see people hit the subreddit immediately and go what the what did i just watch on? yeah what just, is happening right now i just wanted to see and joe the shrimp from space ghost ghost to ghost and i saw right. a guy shot in front of Ferrari. done that way you would immediately assume okay tim heidecker eric wareheim they, they wrote, wrote this together, yeah. right? it's those guys yeah. gotta be those guys as a movie as a hundred and and a hundred minute an hour and 40 minute uh. you know feature length film sitting down and watching it beginning to end it is painful it's so bad and again, when you see it in context like that, and it's the it's not just that it's bad and it's boring and it's poorly written and poorly acted and poorly animated and whatever. Um, it's that it's 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 sad because it's clear that it's so serious to Neil Breen. Like he really thought this, this was is a the good one. movie and people were gonna enjoy it. Like Ed Wood. And that's when it just gets kind of depressing. Like that's yeah. when it's just kind of like, oh come on, man. Right. If you were in on the joke with us. Um, it probably wouldn't be as good a film, right? Like it wouldn't be as entertaining because he would try to make it over the top. No part of this movie is meant to be a comedy. No, none of it is meant to be. There's a not a single joke. And that's, <clears throat> and that's what's sad about it. That's why it's just kind of, kind of just, so it's, it's quite obviously two thumbs down for me. Uh, again, I, I will never watch this movie again. I don't encourage anybody to watch this movie. Like Shannon said, you could get me to watch it in a theater setting. If we were going to do like a, an MST three K type deal, uh, or again, chop it up and use it as bumpers. That shit would be hilarious. Right. If Shannon does it for shows <laughs> randomly in like March, uh, for our shows, I'll, I'll die laughing because I'll never see it coming. And that'll be fucking hilarious. That's the the appeal of these movies. Beyond that, totally useless. Do not watch. Barely finished. Uh, surprised I survived. You know, with that said, I, and I mean this, will I watch Cade, the the Torture Crossing? Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Will I will I watch future Neil Breen films? I will. I will for for free. I'll tell you outright. I, I you said people should support Neil. I'm not paying money for this. Shit. Nope, that's not no. happening. No, not no. happening. And, no nor, and and neither will I. But <laughs> do I think everybody else should do it? Yes. Go support Neil Breen. Yes. Will we do it? Yeah. You, you do is, it with your money. This so is us. We can keep doing this. This us. This is us supporting him. Cody, what about you? Do you want to break the the tie here and maybe give it something more than two thumbs down? Or I want to. I want to start by saying what I said at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> I will never forgive you for dragging me into this. <laughs> I, I have to my left here uh, a document I fill out every year, which is kind of a year in review and a year in preview. Like, what happened in 23, what I aspire to achieve in 24. Damn, that's I have cool. a lot of notes in there about making a difference in the world and, like, contributing my time to bettering society. I got an hour and 40 minutes. I'm not going to fucking get back because Neil Breen's not getting the credit for the Vimeo link I watched. He's not getting $25 from me for fucking paying for this piece of shit movie. I want I want to know to the dollar how much this man spent on this and subsequent films So to see what he could give back to the Las Vegas greater area. There, there is, not to cut you off, but there is an interview he did where they asked him what's the budget for the film, and he flat out said... Um, I, I'm not going to talk about budgets. I shouldn't have to talk about budgets. You tell me what yeah. you think I spent on it. I'll tell you, Neil, nothing. Right. Other than to hire them big titty girls. 
He, he paid Clearly. some money for something there, and that's it. Mm-hmm. He paid he paid some money for the Craigslist laptops and for the the small baker's box of Bob Woodward books. To whom again, I am very sorry that the name that was associated with the Watergate scandal <sighs> being broken is now sullied indirectly by this piece of shit. Yeah. I am I'm going to purge my iPad's history so I don't have to remember <laughs> the link to this movie. I'm going to purge my memory of him screaming his wife's name and no, for which there was no audio. It cuts off and he continues yelling no, but there's no audio of it. Yeah. Two thumbs down, 10 toes, one knee, and probably a couple elbows. If I'm going to quote Will Smith, you know, Hunter, I'll say I'm surprised. (laughs) A little shocked. (laughs) You're astonished. Oh, um, yeah, the jokes aside, I, I think I agree with a consensus that, yes, this film, if in a wholly different context, would have some moments of hilarity. I laughed at a couple of bits. Yeah, same. Well, yeah. Maybe in part of my own no, anguish of why bits. I was... Yeah, exactly, weren't. Yeah, Again, the, the Black Rock appearing three times. I laughed my ass off at the end right before I got on here. It's like, where did it come from? Yeah. That was great. But, yeah, this movie wasn't meant to be that. It, uh, I don't think, despite any effort, I can contribute to my own life other than the passing to the next realm of existence. Will I be able to forget I've seen this? Oh, but I will wager everything that I make until the end of time that I wish I could. Hunter, um, I, just, I just figured something out. Oh, never mind, never mind. Go ahead. I'm going to use it as my epilogue. I got it figured out. I'm okay. done. I'll say, oh, God. Hunter, Hunter and I hardly ever disagree on films. We have a very similar track record. We really do. Yeah. There, there are some yeah. we disagree on. I liked Ghostbusters 2016. He did not. Um, I liked yeah. uh, American Werewolf in London. He didn't like it as much. And, and obviously, Gremlins, we kind of disagree on. But a movie yeah. like this really puts into perspective how talented the people are behind these films that you may not like. Because they make coherent films that might not be for you, but they have clearly yes. they show a talent and a direction. Neil Breen yeah. lacks all of these things. I think he has a passion, but you can have a passion and not have a talent for it. They are two yep. separate things, right. and that is Neil Breen to me. Really quick, my epilogue, I'll say it now. This is the only thing I'll say. Dylan continues to hack into other governments and fucks every hot girl from here to, to uh, Puerto Rico. That's the movie. That's the next movie. He continues to fucking expose. That's all I got. Hunter, what about you? Allie right. shows up occasionally. <laughs> Can't wait to make my next my next CD that. He keeps sending her away. He keeps sending her away. So so my first thought, because it was the only bit of trivia from IMDb that I didn't mention, was that uh, apparently Neil Breen thought of the plot of this movie while spending a week at a cheese festival, which made me go, wait, which plot? What he plot? thought of the government hacking while he was there. He thought of the magic stone while he was there. He the thought hot of girls. the random suicides. I'm so confused. Um, but then, but then I realized where the the true important part of the story uh, lays because one character we didn't talk enough about is the the black suited person who yeah. disappears and reappears throughout yep. uh, his films. Um, because I didn't, I didn't know that until you mentioned that Shannon, that he's, he, this character is character. multiple Neil yeah. Brown. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so, um, the up obviously is that Dylan one day finally actually witnesses this happening, right? Apparently he never sees any of this going on as he goes on to live this life with Leah, with his new wife. Um, Oh, excuse me. 
in their house, of course, because as Cody pointed out, it is their house. Um, uh, he does indeed continue hacking government secrets, uh, exposing corruption, making sure that that uh, people are eliminated when need be. Um, and one day he sees this black suited figure uh, only from the knees down, because that's the only place in this which this per- person exists, apparently, um, appear and disappear in front of him. He's then inspired not just to go back into to writing, but instead of novels, he's going to change genres again. Um, this time he's going to write music. And he writes a song <clears throat> that is so compelling um, in a genre you wouldn't expect. Um, kind of a, a country, western, almost hip-hop sort of sound. A, a particular artist picks it up and runs with it. Um, the name of the song and the name that he has given this entity, which he spends the rest of his life searching for, uh, he dubs him Cotton-Eyed Joe because he wonders where did he come from and where did he go? Dylan makes millions and retires to live with his... I can't do it anymore. Turn this fucking show off. <laughs> it hurts too bad. It hurts too bad. That's probably the best. That's probably the best uh, thirty to ninety seconds of content anybody will ever get out of a Neil Green film, right there. Uh, Bravo, uh, Deutsch. I would like to. I would like to personally thank and condemn Adam from Your Movie Sucks for introducing me to Neil Green. I don't also, appreciate it. I have it. to say it because because he's the only person now who I think will still be listening, which is Dalton. That bit of mine at the end there fell apart faster than Dalton's living room ceiling. Come on. <laughs> better special effect too better special effect all right that's it um next oh, week on a, we're, we're reviewing a real film right yes yes so okay. again january is all about january 2024 on extra snap on the pz85 network is all about new year new views so we're doing stuff that either both of us have never seen or at least you know people on the panel here have never seen i'd like it to at least be one of us each time uh ostensibly since we're we're regularly here um we have not talked about or secured a guest for next week but next week we discovered uh just uh, earlier today or yesterday i forget which one um they all kind of run together for me right now that's neither shannon nor i has seen the original um sylvester stallone vehicle rocky i've never seen the original movie any um, of them i'm in the midst of i'm in the midst of one. yeah i've <laughs> I was going to say, you've seen Rocky Balboa. I have seen uh, the first two Creed movies, and that's my entire understanding of that entire franchise. So uh, I'm in the midst of reading a book called The Last Action Heroes by Nick Dissemblian. He's the guy who wrote Wild and Crazy Guys that I read last year and and talked about it a lot about 80s comedy. This is all about – yes, yes, he's an incredible writer. Uh, This is all about the 80s action stars. And so it begins right out of the gate with Stallone. Then into Schwarzenegger, then sure. back to Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Uh, but but you know Rocky is 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 his big breakthrough. Uh, he wrote it himself. He basically directed a lot of it. I've come. To it's a down. cultural phenomenon. Um, I mean, they they celebrate that character in that city. Yes, yes, and yeah. I've never ever <clears throat> seen it as much as I know about those films, and I'm aware of them. I've never seen it, so uh, it's super easily available. We're come to find out again, neither of us has seen it, so we're going to sit down and watch that next week. That'll be on uh, Wednesday, January 10th. Uh, and we haven't talked about the rest of the month yet. There's still some no. things up in the air. We'll figure it out. We're still going to so, figure out what's going to happen. So to steal a, a thing from Cody real quick, and the alcohol is settling in, setting in a little bit. Um, <laughs> I had to peel the curtain back for a second, like Cody would say. I almost considered begging you, not asking you begging you to continue the tr- the trend of watching terrible movies in January. And I was going to say, let's do all horrible movies that no one would ever watch. Let's do Derek Savage's cool cat next. And I thought oh, to myself, and oh I, and God. I thought, no, 
I don't make friends very easily anymore. <laughs> and I don't really want to lose the ones that I have. So look, look your idea is better. I promise, I promise you right now. How about this? Before 2024 is over, I will sit down and watch Cool Cat. We will watch we will Cool Cat this year. This yeah. Which, by the way, Derek Savage is a better actor, but that movie's much worse. <laughs> it's oh I, god. I have a feeling when the summer hits, we're gonna we're gonna hit that point where we're probably gonna have like one blockbuster month. Like let's do you know, big time blockbusters yeah. in the summer. Uh, but we're gonna hit those doldrums mm. of like, hey, everything new is like the big stuff at the box office. Right. You know, let's let's do let's, let's do some do real some crap. Really, let's really just films. knock out some bullshit. Of course, uh, in uh, <laughs> in July, look forward to Big Willie July, where we'll be reviewing all Will Smith films <laughs> all month long. Well, I don't hate that at I'm, all. I'm for that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah, I'm for right that. out of the gate. What? Men in Black, Wild Independence Wild Day. West, Independence Day, and Seven Pounds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, God, I was going to say After Earth, but sincerely, you could probably do Enemy of the State. Yeah, that's Ooh, a good yeah. one. Yeah. Good. That I was robot. the first one I thought of, if you want to yeah. talk about a good one. I robot. I robot. Yeah. yeah, it'd be a good one, too. Uh, anyway, yeah. let's stop. I'm going to go eat. And to yes. to chase this alcohol. All right, thank you, Cody, <laughs> for coming in and enduring this with us. Um, uh, Neil Breen, if yeah. you happen to hear this somehow, and I mean this from the heart, keep making films. I'm dead serious. Please pursue please your fucking passion. I know he doesn't listen to what anyone says, and he shouldn't. No. He's not hurting anybody. Yeah, no. life's too short uh, to an extent. Uh, <laughs> keep keep pursuing your passion because that's what we do every time here on this show we started this podcast with 10 listeners for the longest time and half of them were us we didn't quit yes we didn't quit when the 50th episode aired we didn't quit when i lost my goddamn mind we didn't quit at any of these points and i hope you do the same and i want to thank you for injecting this into our lives as Fuck poisonous yeah. as it might be thank you cody yeah. thank you hunter the balcony is closed, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you tomorrow for an all-new After Dark. Until then, take care of yourselves and don't watch this film.